Welcome. This is Out of the Ordinary Books, where we believe that the books we read help us better understand the lives we lead. I'm Lisa Jo Baker. And I'm Christy Purifoy. And every week we share an Out of the Ordinary book and how it can help you make sense of your story too. These aren't book reviews or recommendations. These are conversations about some of our best friends, worst enemies, toughest coaches, most passionate lovers, and kindest teachers that line our bookshelves. We hope these conversations help you see the deeper story hidden right in plain sight in your ordinary life, too. Get comfy. Here we go. Well, this is a unique moment. I am sitting in a space I haven't visited in about 18 months. (laughs) We are on the third floor of Maplehurst in the little attic bedroom that served as the podcast recording studio from the very beginning. And I'm sitting right across from Christy. And we, of course, had delicious chocolate mousse, (laughs) as we are wont to do. And um, special salsa that Christy had made. She's taking a photo of I me. A, I just took Lisa <laughs> Joe's picture. <laughs> because this is momentous. The first I'm time. Take one more. <laughs> no, now I'm trying to speak and smile <laughs> at the same time. But it's the first time since the pandemic started that we've actually recorded upstairs in the space. And I have to say, when I walked in, it felt like coming home. But there are differences in here. I think my favorite new thing Christy has is in one of the attic windows. She has a tiny doll's table and chairs and tea party with literal <laughs> cups and saucers set up. I do. You don't so think adorable. that's silly? No, I, I love it. <laughs> you know, I have always loved dolls. And this little doll table and chair set belonged to my oldest, who's almost 18. And of mm. course, she was done with dolls years ago. And then even my youngest was never interested in dolls. And this poor little table tea set grouping got shoved down in the basement at some point. And I saw it down there and it made me so sad <laughs> that I thought, you know what? I'm a 40-something-year-old woman, but I still love dolls. I'm going to bring that up to my room. It feels <laughs> so very it on is. brand that it's in here, in my opinion. <laughs> I've actually been thinking that I need to go down and rescue a doll, an actual doll from the basement storage, to sit into one of those little chairs, which may be over-the-line creepy, but I don't care. I do feel like the dolls themselves are somewhat creepy. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Zoe has a lot of them still, and Jackson at night doesn't even like to go into no. her bedroom. And Zoe's always threatening Jackson that she's going to line all her dolls up like on the edge of his bed in the middle of the night oh, so when he wakes up they're all watching him zoe if you're listening <laughs> do it do it <laughs> so today is unusual in a lot of different ways normally we have a book friend who comes and sits at the table with us but today what we're actually doing is setting the table for all of you for a lot of friends who are going to be coming to join us at the podcast in a completely first event we have never had other people We might have had their books, but we haven't had their voices on the podcast with us. But next week, we'll kick off a very special summer series that takes us behind the books again and invites some of our favorite authors to actually come onto the podcast and do readings from their books for our listeners. And we're very excited about this. We are. I think it will be so great to hear these books in the voice of their author. I yeah, I, there's something about when you hear someone read their own words that you know, you recognize that the words belong to them in some way and so the I'm just fascinated to know like well how do they, you know, 
give an inflection here? What do they emphasize? Or especially if it's memoir, we might have some memoir reading and then it's really their own story. Yeah, I love that too. I've often found as well that when you read a book, you pronounce certain words in your head a certain mm-hmm, way. Mm-hmm. And then when you hear an author read it, mm-hmm. sometimes I'm surprised, oh, that's how you say that name? I wouldn't <laughs> yeah. have pronounced it that way. Yeah. So we are so looking forward to the season that will kick off next week. Each episode will begin with Christy and I sharing about why we love the book, introducing the author. They'll come on and read. They get to choose what chapter they read from. But part of this was inspired by how a couple of weeks ago we were at a book launch party and got to hear an author read again in mm-hmm. his own voice, his own book. And I forgot how exciting that is to hear an author read and how your brain then it gets curious and so badly wants to pick up the rest of the book mm-hmm. to keep reading. Mm-hmm. And I did. I went mm-hmm. and got that book and I read all the way to the end <laughs> in a single day. And it was so satisfying I think in the world of tech and online and busyness and work, it's been a while since I've just let myself escape with a book for a whole day. And my daughter came and found me and said, wow, you've been sitting here all day reading. Mm. (laughs) I said, yes, it's been so great. So our hope for you this summer is when you're, whether you're, you know, driving somewhere to or from a vacation or you are cleaning out backpacks and lunchboxes that haven't been used for a full year or sorting (laughs) uniforms. These will be some great readers to keep you company and maybe get you hooked on a new story here or there. Which leads us, though, to the conversation we plan to have today. So rather than dive into one specific book, we thought it might be fun to share with you some of our experiences over the years of meeting authors that we admire. Because that's (laughs) our hope for you. You're going to meet these authors, but you get to have the perfect experience. At least that's what I would describe. My perfect experience meeting an author I've long admired is to have zero interaction with them. (laughs) (laughs) It's for them to sit and read and I get to be there. But I do not want to meet them. Mm -hmm. And I feel it's almost like, Christy, you know how in the theater they talk about breaking the fourth wall? Yes, I do. Uh It sort of feels like that. So in the theater, there's this expression where as an actor, you're aware there's an audience there, but an actor will never directly address the audience Mm -hmm. because that's like breaking the fourth wall, the wall between you and the audience. You don't recognize that the audience is there. You're just performing in this bubble. And so for me, it feels that way with authors. When I interact with them directly, suddenly I feel like, oh, no, we've violated something. (laughs) Like, I shouldn't talk to you directly. You are the keeper of all these characters that I love. In a a way, you're the puppet master. You, (laughs) You voice, you're the ventriloquist. You voice all of these characters. But I want to pretend these characters are real. And so meeting the author, talking to them about the book, somehow for me feels like, We've stepped now into an alternate universe yeah. where things are on their head and I don't like it. It makes yeah. me uncomfortable. And I am—I love to hear from authors. I love to hear them give background. I love to hear them talk about process or I love to hear um, sources of inspiration. So, you know, maybe especially a fiction writer who's created something really creative for them to then say, hey, here's the experience I had that got me thinking about this. I love that kind of behind the scenes. But that is very different from having a personal interaction with that writer, Right. right? That is still them in their little box of being a writer, <laughs> right? you know, giving me a little bit more, which I can appreciate whether, you know, as a writer or just as a reader, I think we can all appreciate that kind of background. But that's very different from, let's say, having a 
chit-chat conversation with them. That is way too much pressure. I do not want to chit-chat. <laughs> you don't either? Because I wonder. No. I don't either. I mean, I feel like there's so many ways it can go wrong. And it is impossible if you're in a book line. So that's what we want to do today. We want to talk about some of these stories yeah. of meeting authors. <laughs> we'll be very curious to hear what your experiences have been. You're welcome to tag us on Instagram at Lisa Joe Baker at Christy Purifoy. But Christy and I were thinking about over the years what it's been like meeting authors. So A, I would choose to never meet an author. That's my default. I don't want to meet them. <laughs> Ideally, maybe I'll get a book and I'll buy a book. And if they're at the table and they want to sign the book, yeah. that's fine. Yeah. But I don't want to talk to them. Right. Actually, the perfect situation is to have a friend get a book signed for you. It is. And yeah. send it to you, which is what happened with us. We have a good friend in Canada. Right. It, that was one of the best gifts I have ever received. And actually, I feel like I should just pause here and say that, that um, while this is not expected for all of our podcast <laughs> listeners, Lisa Joe, we have quite a few listeners who send us gifts and really sweet, thoughtful gifts that just show that they've been listening and they know us. Um, there's uh, a friend who lives in England who occasionally sends me chocolate. The best. Um, we've had um, a friend send us tea. Friends we had, from Italy have yes, sent us olive oil. Yeah, so uh, just, just taking a little moment here to acknowledge <laughs> what we really haven't maybe on the po podcast before is that we read your letters, um, we open your gifts with joy, and it, yeah, thank you. It means a lot. But this gift, wow, this was, yeah, so she's, she's not just a listener, but she is a friend. And, Allie, um, Allie, yeah, hi, Allie, Allie yeah, from Canada. And so she went to a reading and heard Louise Penny and got these books signed, but not for herself. I know, for, for us. us. And yeah. so that was the perfect way yeah, that to interact was with an author because I didn't have to be awkward. I didn't have to spoil the illusion of how I perceive the author to be. Mm -hmm. But I have a signed copy of a Louise Penny book, which is, which so, is so wonderful. Yeah, yeah. so I, I too, I want to see an author on stage. That's, right. that's great. I want to be in their presence. Talk. I want to hear them yes. talk. But I don't want the spotlight to be on me in any way. Right, because <laughs> yeah. it's completely impossible to convey how you feel yeah. in those few moments and I also worry that they've heard it all before. What could I possibly say that they haven't mm -hmm. heard? And I just want there to be this magic bond between us where mm -hmm. yeah. I am this deep recipient of all these gifts that they're giving me. And I want to act like they know that they're giving them to me. Yeah. I don't want to meet them and have them feel uncomfortable <laughs> by my yeah. deep love. However, I've not always been successful in this regard. So <laughs> I will tell a story. I met one of the author that's really had the biggest impact on my life is David Thomas, and he's the author of a parenting book called Wild Things, The Art of Nurturing Boys. It's really the only book about raising boys I recommend to people. And I've met him twice now. And the first time I met him, I... I wasn't going to say anything, and then I just felt my body like I was compelled to get up and get into the line to meet him, and it was really an out-of-body experience for me. I I felt myself <laughs> taken over with the spirit of gratitude, and so as I walked up to this man who does not know me, I realized I was going to start crying, and I was so oh, horrified, no. <laughs> and I just kept thinking, this is not happening. What is happening? This cannot be happening to me, and I felt my voice get all thick, and I started telling him you know, about my sons, and especially my middle son has been challenging in so many ways, and how his book has really shaped our family, and I'm trying to tell him about, he has a whole chapter on ritual with sons, and then I'm describing this whole ritual we did in South Africa, and the whole time I'm thinking, he does not need to know these details. <laughs> he does not care. 
And I couldn't stop myself. The words just kept coming out. And he was so kind. And he stood there and he received it. But there is something about an author and a reader because what's happened, I always think, is you've had a conversation when you've read their book, Mm -hmm. but they have been the ones speaking primarily. So when you meet them, at least how I experience it, it feels like you're trying to now have the other side of the conversation where Mm -hmm. you speak back. But the problem is you don't have 50,000 words that you have time to give them. You only have like... 12 words or so that you are allowed to get out in that time period. And so you try to condense them all into this blather of emotional thanks and praise. And there's just no way for that situation to not be awkward, in my opinion, Christy. <laughs> it's just bad. And yet, I don't, I think weirdly, I'm glad I did it because I wanted him to know how much he meant to me. Yeah. So the, the most, I would say, famous or well regarded writer I ever met in person. Um, and I'm sharing this story only because I actually think when when a writer has attained a certain level of public acclaim, let's yeah. just say, where they are universally acknowledged to be amazing, yes. <laughs> weirdly, it takes some pressure off because, of course, I'm just an adoring fan. Of course, uh. they're far above my level. There is no pressure now to have a chit-chat conversation of equality <laughs> because we are not equals. <laughs> At all. So right, here, here, right. here is here is my example of this. When I was a young, younger graduate student um, in literature, I did a summer study program in um, Dublin and Ireland, and it was a wonderful program. And as part of the program, we had um, uh, just incredible access to kind of the arts and literature community there in Dublin. Um, and so at a couple of our gatherings, actually. So some of so we'd have these private classes, but then we'd have these more public uh, receptions and things. Mm. Maybe you watched a film, and then you had a reception. So there's all these little receptions, and they were. Um, Ireland is not a huge country, you know. They were small, intimate affairs always. Well, at one of one or two of them, actually, our guest or a guest there at the reception was poet and Nobel Prize winner, Seamus Heaney. I just can't believe it. Right. So, I I have loved his poetry since forever, since I discovered it probably as a young college student. And of course, his reputation, and his reputation is of, if you, if you aren't familiar with his work, he has since uh, passed away, but if you aren't familiar with his work, he is not just an incredible literary giant, but he has... Um, as as someone who grew up in the North and Northern Ireland, he writes about weighty things mm. and weighty history and myth. And, you know, this is like deep, heavy, serious literature, right? <laughs> yes. And so here he is at this reception, and where were these young students? And um, this is the part of the story I'd actually forgotten until just as the memories came back up. But we had um, a professor and advisor there in the program with us, one of the people running the program, and he really cared for his students. And I remember at that reception, a couple of us were sort of against the wall watching Seamus Heaney, but, but not <laughs> talking to him. That's where I would have him, been. Right? Perfect position. <laughs> and this man came over and said, what are you doing here? Come on over. You, This is your opportunity. You have to meet him. You mm. have to talk to him. You, look, you have his books. Let's get these books signed. Come on over. And he almost dragged us from oh. the wall over to this circle where Mr. Heaney was, you know, conversing. Um, with, I should say, gentleness and humility and kindness. And he pulled us over, and we were at this little gaggle of grad student 
women, girls, really. <laughs> and um, and Mr. Heaney talked with us and he signed our books and we didn't really chit-chat. We may have chit-chatted. I have no memory of it. All I remember is being in his presence and how um, my brain was doing two things. Like half of it is like in awe. Wow, wow. And the other half is this is happening. Yes. I am standing. Yes, you're outside your body. <laughs> I am standing, right. I'm yes. outside my body. I am standing here. And, um, but the, but the reason I share that and to say it takes the pressure off is that I didn't feel like I needed to relate to him mm. in any kind of equal footing because right. we all knew right. these, this was not equal. <laughs> <footing>. <laughs> and that the whole point of us coming up to him was just so that some of his poetic glory, you know, could rub off on us. <laughs> Um, but I remember his kindness. I remember his humility. And I remember a gift they gave us in that program. Um, just for those participants in the program, um, they they printed off beautiful copies of one of his poems with an illustration on it, like a little watercolor on it, gorgeous paper. Um, and they had him sign them for oh, us. Wow. And I have it framed downstairs really? in the house. Yeah, a really special gift from that program. Wow. Probably one of my most prized possessions, I yes. have to say. So to me, that was like the the highest high of of an author meeting mm-hmm. where it didn't it, you can't did it go badly or well it doesn't matter it wasn't right. about that there was right. no it, you know did i make an impression no not <laughs> at all that was not the point <laughs> that's not the point no <laughs> but i got to be near him right. and that was though that made it worthwhile well i mean that went well i think we have a have a story i have to share with you that a friend of ours michelle had left on a post i put up on instagram because i had shared on instagram about meeting your friend Sean Smucker who has a new book that came out called The Weight of Memory. And I shared a picture of us. And the only reason I have a picture with him is because Christy was the one who said, mm-hmm. hey, Sean, can we get a picture? Because yeah. she knows him. If it was up to me, I would have been standing as far away from him as possible <laughs> because I don't know him. And I felt nervous to meet him. In my mind, there's a category of what I call real writers, and he's definitely in it. And uh, so I would have been too nervous and awkward to want to take a photograph with him. So I shared this photo and I talked about that awkward feeling you get when you're meeting somebody who you've admired and how I can feel so nervous. Um, And then people left just remarkable stories. But this is the best one. So our friend Michelle. And and by best one, do you mean mean most horrifying horror story of all time? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's so bad. I mean, I I feel cringy just looking at it again. So our friend Michelle (laughs) She met Anne Lamott, mm. who again, never I never want to meet her. Yeah. That would be horrifying. I would love to be in a room and listen to her speak. I have heard her speak. It was fabulous. I would love that. I did not go up to have my book signed. Don't want to do that. Yeah, no. This is why. <laughs> this is what Michelle writes. I was once at an event in which Anne Lamott and a number of other writers were doing readings and talks. I was so super excited to meet Anne Lamott, who is my be-all and end-all author crush, and who has had a legit impact on my faith journey. I waited in line for one million hours, (laughs) and when I finally got to the table gushing and wheezing with adoration, I handed her the copy of, and this is in all caps now, another author's book to sign. (laughs) Oh, it's so terrible. She (laughs) slid it back to me across the table and said, this is not my book. She was highly unamused. I died and scrambled around in my bag trying to find the book that Anne Lamott actually wrote. She signed it and I slunk away 
And it was very much not the moment I had fantasized about, <laughs> which would have played out like this. Anne Lamott says, oh, wow, you are a writer too? Send me your stuff and allow me to be your forever champion. <laughs> and it did not go down that way. Oh, oh my gosh, this is the worst. I just, that's a great story. Everything about that is the worst. And I think that's what happens. Our brains like implode. Yeah. With the sense of, oh my gosh, I am meeting this person who I have for years lived inside of their life. So weirdly, you feel like you're part of their community. Mm. And then it's so strange when you're interacting because now you realize like reality hits you and you're like, oh, they don't know me. Mm. (laughs) They don't know my story. And how do I convince them mm-hmm. how in this moment we actually are? We actually should be best friends forever. <laughs> There's actually a great scene. I don't know if you remember in the movie Notting Hill. Oh, yes. I love remember that. Where yes. the sister, so this Julia Roberts celebrity is dating a very regular guy who brings her home, his celebrity yeah. girlfriend, for his little sister's birthday. And when she sees Julia Roberts, she says what we all say. She says, I've genuinely believed that we were for a long time now that we're supposed to be best friends. <laughs> and that is the nutshell of how we all feel in those moments. Yes, it's true. It's true. It is just so fun to think about authors and how they react. And I think the weird part is that those of us who podcast or write, every now and again encounter people who feel that way about us. And it's very surprising because if you met my children, they would inform you there's nothing special about me at all. (laughs) (laughs) They never see us in those lens. Sometimes I want to record what people say to me and then play it for my children so they could be more impressed and clean (laughs) up their bedrooms when I ask them to. I remember probably one of the most delightful and really it's so, it is flattering and, and also encouraging because writing is very lonely. You do it by yourself. Mm -hmm. You feel self-doubt and self-loathing throughout most of the process. You often feel the question, why do I do this? Mm -hmm. Like, why am I putting all of this private business out there in public? And then often other people feel the same and they write to tell you that. Why are you putting all of this out here in public? Mm -hmm. It's bad. I don't like it. So I had a moment where we had been at an event. I was speaking at an event and afterwards we were catching the flight home And it was one of those airports where you have to take a shuttle to security and then there's like another train thing you have to catch. And we had just come through security. I was traveling with my friend Amy. We had just gathered up our bags and our little plastic baggies of toiletries and (laughs) it's very all unfancy. (laughs) We're shoveling them back into our backpacks. And as I started walking away, this woman just comes running from security yelling at me like, wait, wait, wait. And I think to myself, what have I forgotten? You know, did some of my underwear fall out? That's what I always (laughs) worry about, that somehow I've accidentally left something that it will scar me. Um, and she said, wait, no, Lisa Joe, Lisa Joe. She was calling me by name. I was so surprised. And she said, well, you have to wait. My friend is still coming through security and they're checking her bags. And so she's not through yet, but she has to meet you. All weekend, she wanted to meet you at the event and she Aww. was too shy to meet you. Aww. And I said, when I saw you in line ahead of us, now's your chance. You Aww. have to meet her. And they were like the friends, you know, who were prepared to rip a roof open to like yes, bring their friend. Because yes. I could tell her friend was dying of embarrassment that she <laughs> was being you know, thrust toward me. But it was so endearing that that the friend who was making this moment possible loved her girlfriend enough to just 
to shove her into saying hello to me. And of course, I just feel honored and delighted to get to meet her. And it was such a sweet moment. And we all laughed really hard. And it was really fun. And and then we took pictures together right there at the security. And um, But it was humbling, too. And in those moments, you realize as a writer... The great thing about writing is that your words can go out and really resonate with with one person, and then mm-hmm. that person somehow becomes linked to your story. I don't know how that magic works, but it's true. You just, you do, you become forever linked to what they wrote, and we become part of the same story then yeah. somehow. Yeah, that's it, true. It's really meaningful, and it feels... Um, I feel like writing is delayed gratitude in that way, because you write for months and then there's editing and then it's like 18 months between writing a book and when people might read it but when they finally do and you hear something back from them it completes the circle it Mm -hmm. feels like and you realize oh we are in this together it does i have a sort of inverted version of that story where i did the most awkward thing and i introduced myself to a reader so here's here's what i did there's a little local shop here in my community it's a wonderful shop um like a gift shop and they're committed to selling all locally made things so it's full of hand sewn things and and locally grown flowers and locally grown made foods and all kinds of gift items that come from this area. And because I come from this area, they very kindly um, always have my book stocked in there. Um, But I love to support them as a business. So if I have a gift to buy, I love to stop in there. Actually, hey, if you're local, it's called Rooted. It's a wonderful little shop in New London, Rooted. Um, So I was in Rooted one day. It, which let me just pause and say rooted isn't that a great name know, like they are rooted in their community, in the community they're cultivating community yeah I, and this I, is pennsylvania this so. pennsylvania so um i was in rooted one day and i'm browsing i don't remember the dishes or something and um, the little housewares and i noticed a woman has picked up one of my books oh, from a ta- nearby table and yeah. she's like browsing through it and she's very close to me yeah and Lisa Joe, I had a moment where I thought, there's I could do a weird thing right now. <laughs> I I'm going to do that weird thing. I know I was I'm like, going to do what it. Do you do it this situation? <laughs> so I just sort of whispered to her, hey, that that's me. Because she was looking at the author page. Oh, she was. She was. Okay. Hey, that's me. <laughs> uh-huh. And then she looks at me w- like confused. And I said, that's my book you're looking at. <laughs> so cute. And then I actually don't remember what happened next because I think maybe I've blocked Did you it. Black maybe out? I don't know. Maybe it was so awkward because I think I probably quick I think I maybe said something, introduced myself, and quickly moved away because what I realized is I didn't want her to feel like now she had to buy the book. Right, right. It would have been better if she'd already bought it. <laughs> right, and then right. You could... So I just moved away. I continued. So I mean, funny. we had a little con- I know we had some sort of moment. We laughed about it and I laughed about it because what else could I do? And then I just moved away and continued my shopping. But I don't know, a couple weeks later, I got a letter in the mail. Really? And it turns out it was from this woman. And she um, she introduced herself that way. I, you won't know me, but... You're the creepy, you're weird the author who, <laughs> who introduced herself. <laughs> and she says, I bought that book and I read it. And then she, go, she went on to share all kinds of um, her own story, especially her own gardening story, because this was Placemaker and where I write about trees. And so she was telling me story. Um, she talked especially about her iris, her irises, her iris flowers, and... She told me where she lives in the community because she has a garden, an old house. Anyway, it was the one of the 
most amazing letters I've ever received. And mm. it came out of that that moment. Wow. So what you were just saying about the way like some sort of circle is completed, some sort of exchange, some sort of communal relational experience right. finds its fulfillment, right. finds its completion and its fullness mm. when writer finds reader and reader connects with, you know, that writer's story mm. and we need each other. So it's not one is high and one is low despite right. all my sort of jokey comments about Seamus Heaney. It isn't actually that. Like Seamus Heaney needed these young right. students to read his poetry right. as much as we needed his poems. Um and so I just remember thinking, I'm so, so glad that I nudged her in that store. <laughs> but also, what a gift she gave me when she yeah. took the time to sit down and, and write yeah. out her story. Um, so we need one another, I we guess do. is what I'm saying. We do. And I, in the opposite of that, I have had also experiences, though, where I have met readers who <laughs> famously at an event I spoke at um, that had some very famous people speaking there. Beth Moore spoke and Lisa Turkhurst. And I was like, Elmo, like one of these things is not like the other. <laughs> and I spoke and I, for the entire weekend, had delightful Southern women come up to me and just say over and over and over again, oh, I had just never heard of you. Never. I, mean, I had no idea who you are. Never. I've never heard of you. I just remember thinking, thank you for that, Lord. <laughs> it's good, I right? Yeah, that. I received never that. heard of you. Or the other thing that actually happens yeah. to me quite frequently, even in my own church, I've had people come up to me and be very excited to meet me. And then in the middle of the conversation, I realize that they think I am Lisa Turkhurst, and I am not. <laughs> and they will reference her books and how they followed me on Instagram for so long. Wow. And then I'll have to gently let them know. <laughs> Just gently let them down I'm and a say, I'm, I'm Lisa Joe. I'm not Lisa Turkers. <laughs> and then they, sometimes I'll be like, are you sure? And I'm like, I, I am. <laughs> I'm quite sure. <laughs> oh, that's fabulous. Well, oh. I think why I'm so excited about this summer series is that um, while we love to connect with readers, we too are readers. That's right. why we do this podcast. Right. We love to connect with writers and I think one of the perks of our jobs is that we are mm -hmm. at times able to cultivate relationships with some of them. And so the writers that we are going to be sharing with you this summer are writers that maybe we know well or just, you know, are just beginning to get to know. But um, we are so excited to, I guess, share this table. Mm -hmm. You know, we talk about our table. We have this conversation on the table. We're excited to sort of pull up a chair, share the table, introduce them to you and you to them mm. and to do something um, that we don't normally do, which is, you know, we talk about books. Occasionally we might read a quotation or so, but um, because it's summer, because it is just a time to sit and rest and read, we hope that you will, um, for the next few weeks, just sit back and just let their words just pour over you, just receive it as a gift. You don't have to work for it. It's just going to be there for you in their own voices. They're going to be sharing um, some of their precious writing with you. Very different writers, very different subjects and, and styles and topics. We're trying to do a variety here. Um, but these readers, these writers are all special to us for, for some reason. And um, we're excited to share their work with you. And also, I think, grateful, I am grateful that I know our listeners receive 
the creativity of others well. Mm. I know it because we hear from them, Mm -hmm. right? We hear from them, and I know that they are curious, that they are eager to learn, they honor the gifts of art that artists offer to us. And so I know that, yeah, you'll receive the work of these writers um, in an honorable way because um, it isn't enough that they write the books. They they need good readers. They need and by, you to read. They do. And by good readers, I mean generous readers, you know, readers who come in with humility, eager to learn, which is not the same thing as liking everything, mm. right? We don't. You don't mm-hmm. like everything. Sure. We like certain kinds of things, but at the same time, we can we can learn. We can learn. We can acknowledge what was done. Um, we can pass it on to someone else. Say, "Wow, this isn't really my thing," but oh my gosh, I know somebody who would love this book, and um, I hope you'll do that as well. You know, say, but "I think you'll like." Find and a learn. friend, pass it on. <laughs> yeah, but I think you're gonna like what you hear. And you're gonna get to know them. So we will have in the show notes always their Instagram and socials yeah. linked. Go tell them what you thought yes, of their readings. Please do. Please, please do. share. You know what you loved about it because that is true. That is the full circle of reader and writer. Mm-hmm. So. We look forward to this summer series of Behind the Books. We are so excited about the authors that will be coming to sit at the table with us. And um, just know that we, like you, are going to be readers for the next few weeks um, and enjoy celebrating the authors who sit down at the table with us. If you enjoyed today's conversation, won't you take a moment right now, open up that podcast app and look for the subscribe button right next to our podcast profile image. And we think this podcast is best enjoyed with friends. So tell a friend, click share episode in your podcast app and send a friend our link.